I'm speaking this morning about Jesus is in the house. Because he's in the house. And Jesus wants his presence to be real to each and every one of us. It's been a very interesting week for me this week. You can sit down, stand up, stand your head. I don't mind. I'm going to preach a little bit. Jesus is in the house. On Monday, I was saying to God, God, what do you speak about this week? Straight away, Jesus is in the house. Then I went to a conference with Roy Goodman. God showed me some other things. All week, he's been opening something up. And for the next three Sundays, I'm going to be speaking because I believe God wants to do something new in the church. This week, I'm going to be speaking about Jesus is in the house. Next week, what would Jesus do The week after that, becoming a house of prayer. That's what we're going to do the next three weeks. God is doing something new. And maybe there's something prophetic about this because, you know, as God's been moving in recent years, we've had something about Father God, which is great. We've had something about the Holy Spirit. Maybe now it's time for Jesus. Maybe now it's time for Father to make Jesus known. Not just out there, but in his house that his presence would be manifest in his house. Because that's what Jesus wants to do for each and every one of us. Not just when we come together on Sundays, but in your home. Jesus wants to manifest his presence in your home. And Jesus wants to manifest his presence in your heart. Because Jesus is in the house. I want to read from Mark chapter 2, the first 12 verses. Mark chapter 2, the first 12 verses, says this, And again, Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them. Do not hear God, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, then who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit the reason thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so we're all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. When I'm speaking about the house this morning, that's where I'm going to start with the house. I'm not speaking about something made of bricks and mortar. I'm talking about what the Bible says about a house. And there's quite a number of verses I've picked out here because in the New Testament, individuals and the church are called the house of God. You are and we are a house of God. In 2 Corinthians 5.1, it says this, For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 and 22. 
Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. That's what God's doing. He's building us together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. 1 Timothy 3.15 I write that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, the church. Hebrews 3.6 But Christ as a son over his house, the church, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. 1 Peter 2.5 You also as living stones are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4.17, you won't like this one. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. So I am a house of God. Say to yourself, put your finger in your heart and say, I am a house of God. Good. That's what the Bible says. You are a house of God. Okay? We are a house of God as the church. We are a house of God. Most of us live in a house made of bricks and mortar. And God says this about his house. He says, God's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. The question is, is this house a house of prayer for all nations? No, it's not. But this is for another time, not for today. But that's what God said his house should be, a house of prayer for all nations. Okay? So now that we know individually and corporately that we are a house of God and our homes are a house of God, we want to know the presence of Jesus in his house. Do we not? Well, I do. And there's something happening in my heart this week. I haven't quite worked it out yet. I'm on this kind of journey. I'm not going to kind of challenge you to join me today. I'm saving that for next week. Okay? Today, I just want us to be clear about the house and that Jesus is in the house. That's what we experienced this morning was Jesus in the house. His manifest presence in the house. See, in these verses here, when Jesus is in the house, anything can happen. Anything. Anything. What Roy Godwin and them say at Feldy Brennan, when people say, what's going on? All they say is Jesus is in the house. All the things that they're seeing. You know, if you've never been to Feldy Brennan, you don't really understand how big a miracle this is because you can read in the book about cars being drawn supernaturally to Feldy Brennan. Well, you're not on a main road and here's the house and you can see as you pass by. All there is is a gate, there's a hill, there's a corner, everything is out of sight. So for God to supernaturally draw a car, it really is a miracle. And people go up that hill, round the corner, into Feldy Brennan, and they don't even know why they're there. It's because Jesus is in the house. Or people get in touch by the presence of God in the surrounding area. It's because Jesus is in the house. And when Jesus is in the house, absolutely anything can happen. There are no limits when God's around. You've only got to read the Gospels to see when Jesus is around, things happen. So Jesus is in the house there. Now imagine this. Imagine Jesus in your house. Imagine Jesus in this house. Imagine that in your house. Imagine Jesus in your home. 
Now, I'm not just talking about by faith here. We know that the Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We know that in 2 Corinthians it says, do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? Or it says in Romans 8, eh, about the Spirit of Christ being within us. I'm not talking about knowing these things by faith. I'm talking about the manifest presence of Jesus in our hearts, in our homes, and in the church. That's what I'm talking about. Well, how can we cause this to happen? John 14, 21 says this in the Amplified Version. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show, reveal, and manifest myself to him I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Now, who wants that? It's in the Bible. Jesus said, if we will keep his commandments, we are showing that we really love him. And if we really love him, he is going to manifest or reveal himself to us. I want Jesus to manifest himself in me in my home, and in this church. And so I'm going to meet his conditions. John 14, 23 in the Amplified says this. Jesus answered and said, if a person really loves me, you see, if we're not obeying God's word, we don't really love Jesus. That's challenging, is it not? But it's the truth. See, we can say we love Jesus, but if we don't keep his words, we don't really love Jesus, because that's what Jesus says. If you really love me, you'll keep my commandments, or you'll keep my word, because God and his word are one. We can't separate God from his word. So 14.20 says, Jesus answers and says, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word and obey my teaching. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make a home with him, our abode, a special dwelling. In other words, we'll live in the house with him. Wouldn't that be good? The neighbor's knocking the door to discover here's Jesus in the house with you. Wow! Well, that's what it says. They'll come and live with us. I mean, it's okay to take in lodgers, I want Jesus as my lodger. I want him to live in the house with me. Not just by faith, but by his manifest presence. This is doable, folks, because it's in the Bible. You see, I don't want the Bible away out here and my experience there. I want my experience in the Bible to be here. And if it's in here, I can have it. And so can we. And I think it's time for the church to realize the manifest presence of Jesus because that's what the world needs. We need to make Jesus known. He's in the house. (laughs) And Jesus wants to make his presence real to each and every one of us. He wants to make his presence real in your heart. I've had this since Monday. I've just got this 
thing just living within me all day long. Jesus is in the house. That's him manifesting and revealing his presence to me in my heart and spirit. Jesus is in the house. That's going round and round in my spirit. Jesus is in the house. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to get him into your house. How do you get him in the house? By believing he's the Son of God. By believing he loved you so much that he took all your sin, all your wrongdoing upon himself on that cross, and he wants you to invite him into your heart as your Savior and your Lord. Get him into the house. Then let him reveal himself in your house. Jesus wants to do that for each and every one of us. So if we will meet his conditions by loving him and keeping his words, he will do it. He will do it. So the first challenge this week is, do you want Jesus to be revealed in your house? In here, in your home, in this church? Do you want his revealed presence? That's the question. I'm asking you that question. Do you want the revealed presence of Jesus? I'm not here to make your life easier today. I want to challenge you into some reality, folks. You see, what does it mean for us to follow Jesus? What does it really mean for us to be a Christian? And it's so easy to get caught up in all this stuff that we do and praise God for it all, but if we miss the fact we should be following Jesus, we've missed something. The early disciples followed Jesus. The early church followed Jesus. We are called to follow Jesus. It's not a deep theological message. Simple. So we can understand it. (laughs) Verse 2. Immediately many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even at the door. Man, the manifest presence of Jesus draws people. It draws people. When Jesus is around, people get drawn to him. Wouldn't we like some of that? Wouldn't you like a queue outside your home of people that want to meet Jesus, that people that want to get saved or healed or whatever they need? Wouldn't you like that outside your front door? Well, why not? Or outside the church, why not? Let's get the limits off. Let's allow Jesus to be Jesus and to do what he did upon the earth 2,000 years ago. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. We've just lost them somewhere along the road, that's all. Well, I have. I don't, can't speak for you. I have. Verse 2b. Still more people press forward to hear Jesus. It wasn't just the word. There's a verse in the Bible called the voice. It said, still more people press forward to hear Jesus teaching the message of God's kingdom. Jesus took so much time to teach the message about the kingdom of God. You read it in the Gospels. You get over in the first chapter of Acts, and he's saying that he spent 40 days appearing to his disciples, teaching them about the kingdom of God. I believe the kingdom of God is either one of the most important or the most important message in the Bible. The kingdom of God. It's an unshakable kingdom where Jesus is king. 
And that kingdom is within us. And King Jesus wants to reign within our hearts. To give the king his rightful place in our hearts. In this kingdom that, that we are part of, it will destroy all other kingdoms. Because it says in Daniel, it's like the stone being cut out of the hillside. And it destroys all the kingdoms. And the kingdom of God is advancing today and nothing will stop the advance of his kingdom. Because it says of the increase of the government of Jesus and peace, there will be no end. The king and his kingdom are advancing all across the earth. And even in the invisible realm, in this town and nation today, the kingdom of God is advancing. Why are things being exposed? Things that have been in darkness for so long because the kingdom is a kingdom of light and the light is exposing the darkness and bringing things that have been hidden for so long to the surface. God's at work in our nation, folks. And all the negative stuff actually is because the light has come. (laughs) And the darkness is being exposed. That light's in us. The kingdom... An everlasting kingdom, an unshakable kingdom, is within us. And we're told in Matthew to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not just the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom is a righteous kingdom. It's a righteous kingdom where people live rightly with God. (laughs) Jesus also taught his disciples to pray, your kingdom come. Three of the most powerful words we can ever pray. Your kingdom come. You see, we don't need to go running around this area knowing the names of the hundreds of demons that are probably around this area. We don't need to know any of that. We just need to say, Father, let your kingdom come. Bang. Bang. Let's not belittle God. Our God is the sovereign Lord God Almighty. We don't need to know the names of some of that stuff. We just need to pray for the kingdom to come because that means the rule and reign of God comes from heaven to earth, brought by the Holy Spirit into people's lives. The kingdom. Verses 3 to 5. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Do you know what we have here? These four guys... It's not what you'd think is normal intercession, but actually it was intercession. Do you know what intercession means? To stand in the gap on behalf of someone else. These four men were standing in the gap between their paralyzed friend and God. That's what they were doing. They were interceding. They stood in the gap. They were committed. They were so committed, they couldn't get in because of the crowd to see Jesus. So they went up on the roof. They cut a hole in the roof and they dropped the man through. That's commitment in prayer, isn't it? Hey, when was the last time you dug a hole in the roof? Recently? <laughs> last year? The year before that? The year before that even? How about 10 years ago? 20 years ago? Still no one? Well... They were committed because they wanted to get their friend. They were bringing their friend to the attention of Jesus because they knew because Jesus was in the house, he was the answer to their friend's need. That's what it takes. Jesus is the answer. 
and they knew he was in the house. And they cut a hole in the roof and they lowered their friend in front of Jesus. Wow. Wow. And then Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Jesus spoke the words and the man was saved and healed. Jesus spoke the words and something happened to the man. Praise God for it. You see, Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us. And he's still with us today through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to make his presence manifest to us because he wants us to be doing the same things. He wants us to speak the word that will bring healing and salvation to whoever it is. Be it a paralytic, be it to someone who doesn't think there's anything wrong. Whoever it is, we can speak the word when Jesus is in the house. And our words that we speak out will be spirit and life from within us because Jesus is in the house. You know, people that are not Christians, they can speak out words and there's still death and life in the words that they speak. But for Christians, there really is death and life in the power of our tongue. Because the life of God is in us. And when we speak out things that agree with the Word of God or the Word of God itself, things happen. There's life in our words. Equally, if we speak out negative things, negative things happen because there's negative life in our words. <laughs> Verse 6 and 7, not much has changed. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know, when you read about all the revivals in church history or what you see happening in the Bible, there's always going to be those that criticize Jesus and mutter in murmur against him. Nothing's changed. In all the revivals, there's always been things that happened in revivals that have offended people. There's always been an offense. Whether it was the tongues of the Pentecostal revival, the, whatever happened in Toronto, there's always been an offense. You see, when Jesus walked upon the earth, he did things that were pretty unorthodox that people would think we were a bit weird and strange today. You know, imagine spitting and putting mud in people's eyes. That's pretty unorthodox. Can you remember doing that? Can you remember doing that? Probably not any more than he can remember digging a hole in a roof. But Jesus did these kind of things completely outside the box, completely irrational, but blind men saw because of it. So we need to decide if we want religious behavior or Jesus in the house. It's not even a choice, is it? 
Well, there might be some of you here that enjoy religious behavior. Maybe you feel more secure with religious behavior. Or going through certain things on a Sunday, half past ten we have worship, ten past ten. Maybe you like that kind of stuff. That's okay sometimes. But if Jesus wants to do what Jesus wants to do, then we let Jesus do it. (laughs) This is his house. He's the boss, for goodness sake. Let's not be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's so easy to be critical of things we don't understand. Or when God doesn't do things our way. You see, God's ways are much higher than our ways. His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. So we need to allow God be God because God's pretty good at what he does. Have you noticed that? In fact, he's very good at what he does. In fact, he's never got it wrong. Isn't that amazing? Is there anyone here today that's never got it wrong? Please put your hand up because you must be God in our midst. All of us have got it wrong, haven't we? So let's not criticize what God does. Let's have an honest heart. Doesn't mean we can't ask questions when we don't understand it. It's to do with the heart. If we're doing it in a critical, negative way, watch out. God's in your case. If he's coming out of an honest heart, that's different. But we want Jesus in the house more than we want some religious behavior. That's a fact. Verse 11 Jesus says, I say to you, arise. Well, we'll go to 11. A first. I say to you, arise. Let's just stop there. We need to arise and waken up to who God really is. We need to do that. And we need to arise to who God is in our hearts and who he wants to be in our home and who he wants to be in our church. We need to arise and waken up to these things. See, the God of the Bible wants to reveal himself to us as the God of the Bible. That's what he wants to do. And we also need to arise and wake it up more and more to who we are. We are sons and daughters, aren't we? We are priests, prophets, kings. That's who we are. That's our identity. Our identity is in Christ. Praise God for that. But sometimes we need to stir ourselves up and remind ourselves who God is and who we are. We need to arise to these things, waking up to these things. It's easy to fall asleep in slumber, isn't it? Anyone asleep here today yet? Just checking. Any eyes closed? We also need to rise up and begin to rule over our sins and our past hurts and our past circumstances, this kind of stuff. We need to learn how to rule and reign over this and not be living away back yonder where some people live. We need to come to the cross, get the things dealt with, then move on into your destiny in Christ. We need to forget these things that lie behind us and press forward to what lies ahead in Christ Jesus. Some Christians have got balls and chains around their ankle. They're living still in some hut that happened 25 years ago. I'm not exaggerating. 
We need to move on, brothers and sisters. We've all been hurt, haven't we? But we need to move on. Get healed up and move on. Rise up. See, we need to rise up because our town and our nation needs Jesus. We need to make him known. That's our job, to make Jesus known, isn't it? Well, God's just waking us up to that this fact. Praise God. I say to your eyes, take up your bed and go to your house. There's some verse that take up your mat and go to your house. Let me ask a question. What's your bed? What's your mat? What's the thing that's holding you or what's the thing that's held you? See, we often talk about people being in a sick bed. Is it a sickness that's holding you? Is it sin that's holding you? Is it failures that's holding you? What it is that's holding you? What is it that's holding me? I need to take it up and begin to rule over it. And seeing that thing can remind me of how God has set me free. Then when people come to me, I can share what Jesus has done for me because I can show them my bed. Or I can show them my mat. I can say, Jesus has set me free. What he's done for me, he can do for you. Testimonies are powerful. So what's your mat this morning? What's your bed? What's the thing that that's holds you back? It can even be your history. If you have a negative history with God, come to Jesus, allow him to turn your history around and use it for good. There's nothing that Jesus can't do. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Bring it to him and get it under your feet. Verse 12 says this, Immediately he arose, took up the bed, went out in the presence of them all, so they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Imagine this. This man must have been asked many times over the years after he was healed, what's changed you? How come you're healed? And I would imagine he said something like, well, my friends took me to a place where Jesus was in the house. And when Jesus is in the house, anything can happen. This is what's happened to me. I'm not finished yet. We can clap if you like. I don't want everyone to notice that was my wife. Well, I taught you to do that, didn't I? It's good. <laughs> so just to finish it off, I believe that Father God, is God is doing something new, brothers and sisters. And the Holy Spirit will always point to the Lord Jesus Christ in the Word. I think God's in a case of the church. I think we're, we're, we're moving into a new phase in our journey, and it's something to do with making Jesus known. And our starting point is recognizing Jesus is in the house. 
And if we want Jesus to manifest his presence within us in our homes and in this church, we need to meet his conditions. We need to start to keep his word and obey his word. Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty four, one of the red bits, his words, he who hears my words and obeys them is like a person building his life upon the rock. And when the storms come against him, that house stands because it's built upon the rock. He who hears my words and doesn't obey them is like building your house upon shifting sand. And when the storms come, your house falls and great is the fall. Well, I don't want this house to fall. I don't want the house called my home to fall. And I don't want this house called Kingdom Life Church to fall. I want us to be a people that hear and obey the word of God. Because if we will meet the conditions of Jesus, he will manifest his presence to us. We need to know his manifest presence, and people that don't yet know him need to know his manifest presence. They need to know how Jesus is real. And I love that in the Amplified where he says this, I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. That's a promise from Jesus. I will make myself real to him. I mean, is there anyone like Jesus to make himself real to? Well, there's four of us. I thought this was the church. Five of us. <laughs> you see, when Jesus is in your house, anything can happen to you and through you. Anything. Anything. There's nothing impossible when Jesus is in the house. And God will draw people to him. Could we stand, please? Put it up onto people. Father, I thank you for that prophetic song that Joshi brought. God is here. God is here because Jesus is in the house. Lord Jesus, I, I believe that you're doing something new in our hearts and in our lives. You're taking us to the next stage, if you like, so we can make Jesus known. And I just pray for myself and as people called Kingdom Life Church, God, that you would give us fresh revelation of what it is for you to manifest your presence in our hearts, in our homes, and in the church. Father, I ask you would give us the grace to hear and obey the Word of God, that we would see we cannot separate you from your Word, that you and your Word are one. And Lord, you give us the grace, not just to know that Jesus is in the house, but you'd enable us to walk in his footsteps in the coming days and weeks. So Father, please seal these things amongst us. Seal them in our hearts, Lord. And may these things become real to us. Even this week, God, I just ask that these things would become real for each and every one of us, that you take us to places we've never been before and an expectation and a faith and a hope would begin to rise up within us that we recognize when Jesus is in my house, wherever I go, anything can happen. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.